0: To the Macaw Podcast Universe, universe. we are in the throes of the series "Finds a Way," Jurassic Park, and we have made the transition from series A. This is like Site A, Jurassic Park series, and now we're in Site B, the Jurassic World series. That's very funny. Yeah, came to me just now, and as is what's been happening on this series, we are joined by another guest.
1: Yes, this guest is very special today. All our guests are special, of course. They all are. But this guest is our one of our self proclaimed biggest fans, which she definitely is, and uh, one of my oldest friends, and host of the Salt and Pepper podcast, Olivia Stinton. <gasps>
2: Oh my gosh! Hi, I'm not self-proclaimed. I actually am your biggest fan, <laughs> and I'm also not your oldest friend in age. Okay, I'm your oldest friend, just time-wise. No, we've
1: been friends since we were about six months old. <laughs> well, for me, you're wow. older than me, but yes, I am. Very. Yeah. I mean,
2: Veronica and I grew up since they our parents or our parents our moms were pregnant so it's yes. been a long time hi very, i'm so excited long. to be here i feel like i'm just like ugh, i feel like i'm there with you guys this is so exciting
0: yes and and this is our podcast is turning into a murderer's row of guests because we've had we've had daniel grissom lauren panter uh olivia chloe, chloe my sister uh uh, we've had nick turner and lyra smith kyle we've had kyle woolard and we've had jeremy and dan eden and there's gonna be more folks we keep on getting stinking guests but you're our last one for a while (laughs) so you
2: saved the best for last yes
0: (laughs) well i'm not gonna say any comment about that because i want everyone to come back (laughs) so um let me start Okay. I'd like to start. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna warm the waters a little bit here with my first experience with Jurassic World. Sure. So it's been years and years and years, and a trailer like they announced they're making Jurassic World, and I'm kind of thinking, well, the previous couple of movies haven't been super awesome. It's time for the series to die, is what I'm thinking. Yes. And this is this is definitely in the height of my like snobbery film, uh, criticism. Yes. And so. I'm like, okay, whatever. Some director I don't know, but he's done like an indie movie. That could be a good sign. Uh and then Any Snob would think so. Yes. And then they release um the first footage they released from this movie, if I'm remembering right, is the scene where Bryce Dallas Howard and uh Chris Pratt are talking outside of his trailer.
1: That's the trailer?
0: That That's was like the, the That was the first like scene they released oh. to get people excited, and I was like uh oh <laughs> this is not good
2: that's a very odd choice
0: yes it's and probably because I... there
2: was product placement in those scenes which i hate and so they probably put yeah. those in yeah. there as the commercial <laughs> <sighs> yeah well
0: and like especially if you don't see the movie you'll see if we agree or disagree with the statement in a little bit but they you're like oh my gosh these are like old like archetypal stereotypes of a man and a woman that are like <laughs> so outdated it's crazy so I'm like, okay, interesting. Um, and then the trailer comes out, and I see a lot of CGI. And at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, CGI equals bad. I, I didn't have a more, uh, what's the word, like intricate view on the subject. Sure. And uh, and so I was like, this is going to be really stupid. Then I go see the movie, and I was like, I kind of liked that movie. That was pretty good. And then I took my dad to see it for either his birthday or Father's Day, Um and he was like, yeah, that was pretty good. And then I hadn't seen it again until last night. Okay. Um, well, I'll do theater stories later. But that's where I was at. I was at like, this was pretty good, probably the best of the sequels besides Lost World because I love Steven Spielberg.
1: Okay. And then I'll go with mine. And then Olivia, we want your Jurassic Park... We need the whole rundown. Thing, we need also, the whole okay, okay. rundown. This is my my Jurassic World experience. This is the first Jurassic Park movie I've ever seen. Oh I had never seen gosh. Jurassic Park before this. <laughs> which is, why would I go see this movie? Probably because I liked Mike at the time and he saw it. And I'm like, well, I want to see everything <gasps> he liked. Your love or story he started
2: with dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I went with two of my friends and... The, I mean... The the movie was just kind of like, I had no connection. I didn't care a uh, th- little bit about anything, but my theater experience was very interesting. There was people far down sitting closer to the screen and eventually like there was this huge fight happening and no one was watching the movie for a good five to 10 minutes <gasps> because we needed to see how it resolved. It wasn't like a physical fight, but it was like yelling. What was the yelling? Right? At? I just assume it was someone bl- talking Uh behind someone else you know it's just yeah someone finally did something about it but you know it it did not it escalated and i think i think one of the dudes left and it's like okay we're good then he came back Uh oh (laughs) and i think they they fought more (laughs) and then i think he finally left that's really what i remember for my first time and i have not seen it since then until last night when we watched it
0: okay so olivia lay on us your your jurassic park like overview and then zoom into your jurassic world
2: okay 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 i'm ready i've been practicing my whole life for this moment (laughs) um okay so i was actually trying to think about this because i know you guys ask like the history of why you like these movies and i really cannot pinpoint when i started to like love dinosaurs so much i don't know if i'm like regressing back into being like a like a six-year-old but i just loved (laughs) dinosaurs and i think well when i was little because that the first one came out when? In, like, 95 or something? Is that uh, right? 93. 90, oh, so the year we were born. So I obviously yeah. didn't watch it for a while. And then I remember being really scared at, like, the T-Rex part when he eats the guy, yeah. you know? Because that part oh is my just, gosh, like... Yeah. It's, like, so aggressive if you're, like, nine. Um,
0: and... It's a, well, we talked about... I mean, you're going to hear the episodes when they air. But yeah. on Jurassic Park, we spent a lot of time on the uh, T-Rex scene and how it's possibly at least up for debate in the greatest horror scene.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's of very, cinema. it's, it's so very scary. scary. Like the whole part of them being in like the Jeep and then the, and it's real too. And that's like a real yeah. head. And like, <laughs> yes. I, I'm like, I would be scared as an actor with that thing. I know. <laughs> yeah, I like, know. oh my gosh. Um, Anyway, so then I think I then I saw Jaws and then I just grew this fascination for things that were like prehistoric. And I think it's because like I love Disney, like, you know, I know you guys love Disney, too. And I think dinosaurs for me are like this thing of like this is like kind of a real life like fairy tale. But I know that dinosaurs eat people. So that's like the wrong word to use. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I understand in terms of epicness.
1: Yeah, like comparing the, the two?
2: They were real. Like these things were walking like they around. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. so wild to me that these things and I was doing like this research that the Mosasaurus thing that they show yeah. in the Jurassic Like that thing was real. They found remains of it in two thousand and thirteen. So it's like stuff like that. That's
0: horrifying. Like, yeah, that, that I, is real.
2: <laughs> I know. But one thing, side note that's so funny is that it could barely see and barely hear. So it could only hunt by smelling so no wonder
1: it died (laughs) I I know
2: so it's just funny stuff like that I guess that like made me just fascinated anyway so I always loved the Jurassic Park movies and then when I saw Jurassic World come out I think I just got onto the ground and just laid flat and just was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And not because I was excited for this new Epic movie, but it's like, it was coming back. You know, it's like that feeling when you saw the new, like star Wars was rebooting and then you get kind of used to it and then they draw them out and it's annoying. But anyway, so I saw Jurassic world in theaters five times. I was obsessed and again it wasn't about psychoanalyzing the little things of like the acting like i did last night when i watched it but i yeah. was just mm. so happy that like there was another dinosaur movie and then of course jurassic world 2 came out and i was like no thanks um yeah but you, you didn't yeah. like fallen kingdom um i i think they could have done so so much better mostly because i saw that the original premise was supposed to be a hybrid of human and raptors in war and i was like that's <laughs> so st- kind of stupid and scary but still better i think than the the same premise they've always done of dinosaurs eating people um anyway that's yeah. nice. okay drawn out i don't know i love it uh, i know there's issues with it <laughs> but i still love it yeah <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, um I I do now that we've come back around, uh I do just have to s- tell a kind of a funny story that happened to me at the, when I first saw this movie. Yeah. Uh so I saw it with Sean Siders, uh you may know him as uh Mogasaurus and he has done the theme song to these Jurassic Park episodes, so check that out. Uh well, you would have. You're listening to the episode. What am I talking about? <laughs> um but he he like was obsessed he still is obsessed with Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park one, his favorite movie. And so I I was like, I have to see this movie with Sean. Yeah. So we went and saw it. It was Sean Grayson and I. And sitting in front of us was this <laughs> this person that I went to high school who was a bully in high school. Yeah. <laughs> um not necessarily to me, but the he elementary
1: was elementary school through high school. This yeah. was the bully.
0: Yeah. And um he was with his wife. And then someone else Came up and there was an empty se- <laughs> there was an empty seat next to him and um, person number two from high school walks up and uh
1: very nice person from the, very from our very school. nice like, like one of those of the quiet nicest.
0: quiet people that does their own thing <laughs> yes um and he walks up and then bully bully's wife turns to him before the movie starts and goes. You don't sit here. You do not sit here. And this is opening weekend, by the way. Get out <laughs> of this area. There's in front of area. a lot of people. Get yeah. out. Get out. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I don't want them to know that I'm there. And then Did I Grayson see... Did Grayson know who they were? I was pointing it out to Grayson, okay. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and I see I see, person number two, like, like on Arrested Development, when George Michael hangs his head and walks away, and so it the plays... Bat the Bat Peanuts music. He, like, walked down and sat in the front row of the theater by himself and he never came back up <sighs> that what breaks
1: are, my heart
2: you're you guys and your experience with this movie is man dinosaurs no they round they wild wow people up <laughs> <laughs> i
1: think well, you'll who see, was it the, the then the last episode uh,
0: jeremy and dan were talking they had
1: a very weird experience with jurassic park 3 seeing it in theaters
0: like a bunch of old people like heckling the movie
1: yeah like the whole time (laughs) and it's like is there something about this franchise that just allows people to just be whoever they are like at home wow that's actually
2: so
0: weird so let's jump into the production of this movie okay this is this is the meat okay um And you know what's been kind of odd is a lot of times when we do these big franchises, I'll start off with a ton of notes. And, you know, as we go, I have less and less notes. Yeah. Um, But this
1: is, I mean, is this considered a reboot in some ways?
0: This is a reboot. Yeah, they would consider it that. But um, all of the Jurassic Parks have had so much production stuff to talk about because it's been such a weird ride. So the movie is directed by Colin Trevorrow, which I heard an interview and that's how he says his name. Sorry, guys. I'm not trying to be uppity. Uh, Did
1: Blank Check pronounce it Trevoro? I think so. Okay.
0: Unless it was a joke, but it was like an interview between him and Chris Pratt, and Chris Pratt said Chevarro and he said, you finally got my name right for the first time. So. Oh,
1: so it's common to pronounce it wrong. I think so. Okay.
0: Um, it's produced by Frank Marshall and Patrick Crowley, uh, among others. You know, Spielberg's in there and everything. Um, the screenplay is written by Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. Who wrote Mulan, War for the Planet of the Apes, In the Heart of the Sea, and all the new ape movies?
1: Okay, oh,
0: Um, and then Mulan
1: in there. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) So (laughs) random. Is that the new Mulan or the old one?
0: Oh crap! I'm pretty sure it was the old one. Okay. Um, And then Derek Connolly and Colin Trevorrow are writing partners, and um, they they did uh, they worked on Pikachu. That movie Monster Truck. Yeah. That had the like monster inside the truck.
1: It was a literal monster truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Kong Skull Island. And then of course, Colin Trevorrow's first movie, Safety Not Guaranteed.
1: Wait, Trevorrow wrote Kong Skull Island?
0: Well, I didn't take my notes super well, it looks like, because I think some of these uh, are some Colin of Colin was people. not involved. Okay. But they are writing partners. So it's okay. like he's written all the movies that Colin has written on, plus... Like Monster Truck, Pikachu, and Kong.
1: Detective Pikachu? Yeah,
0: Detective Pikachu. Okay. Okay. Um, And then Safety Not Guaranteed. Okay. Story is by Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. We have the music by Michael Giacchino, um, who we've talked about on this podcast several times, I believe, because he did the score for Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, I actually kind of felt like his score wasn't super awesome in this movie.
2: I mean, John Williams didn't do it? What's that? Didn't John Williams do the original? Yeah. He did the first
0: two movies. Yeah. So they
2: just adapted his music into this new score?
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh... And then writing new songs. Um, But I feel like it, it, yeah, there were parts of it that I was like, ugh. The
2: only parts I I liked were what the original, like the original. Yeah, me too. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's like all I care about. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, me
0: too. But it's, that's a hard job adapting a John Williams score. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. how do you do that? And, it's too yeah. iconic.
1: For a great Michael Giacchino store, store? how about <laughs> score? Um, the
0: store where you buy all of his music. and
1: Because it's like, maybe this one was pretty underwhelming. Sometimes it's like, I don't know, he's just trying to, like Olivia said, like just kind of carry on what someone else did. But see,
2: Super 8, great score by him. And yeah. Coco.
0: Yeah, oh, oh, score for Coco, come on.
2: Yeah. I wonder why um, they didn't get John Williams to do this one. I wonder if it was just scheduling conflicts. Well, I mean, conflicts.
0: he's he's getting pretty old. Um, old. I mean, recently he's pretty much only done the um the new Star Wars episodes, not even the Solo or Rogue One, but the Star Wars episodes. Didn't the last so, one he said
1: that's his last one?
0: He said that he won't do another Star Wars. Oh, yeah, that's I yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it meant. He's
2: 88.
0: Yeah, that's
2: he's a little He's old, done I guess. enough. Yeah, okay, whatever, <laughs> fine.
0: <laughs> um And then this, Olivia, you're going to be very excited about this person. Okay, I'm ready. So hold on to your hat. John Schwartzman did the cinematography from this movie. Now, you may know him from many movies, but to name three of them, he did A Simple Favor. He did the Netflix movie Highwayman with Woody Harrelson. And he did the cinematography to National Treasure 2.
2: (laughs) (gasps) I feel like everyone listening... My movie tastes are pretty appalling, <laughs> I guess, but I'm very excited for National Treasure Three because that means you guys have to cover it. So,
0: oh, I am oh, so we into are that. We're so there. Yeah, uh, I mean,
1: I uh, I remember I haven't seen National Treasure since I was very like a kid, and I loved those movies. I so love them too. I haven't
0: seen them since. Yeah, they're um, the best. That, I watched them before, all the
1: time. That's before it became self-aware of who Nicolas Cage is as a person and <laughs> yeah. how it kind of like ruins his, anything he acts in once you <laughs> figure know, him out. I
2: know. Ugh, that's funny. But that's I, cool though.
0: I, I could be, I maybe I'm just wrong, but I feel like those movies rip. Yeah, me too. One of my favorite scenes in the first movie is when they're like, they're like, go to the clock tower, you know, that they get from like the dollar bill or I don't remember exactly how they get there and they're like, dang, we missed it. How are we going to find it? And then one of them goes, Hey daylight savings wasn't invented yet we still have an hour or something like that and i'm like whoa!
1: i, know. I, nice. I remember freaking out when they had the declaration and they start putting like lemon juice on it and then oh. like
2: blow drying it and i was like
1: holy <laughs>
2: crap hey for a disney movie i know there's probably plot holes but i think they did a pretty good job of explaining everything decently I mean, I think so too. It's well, like a,
1: it's a fun like, historical heist movie, and, oh, and it's, it's like the best.
0: I would I would love to sit down and watch it again, and then like well, like watch Indiana Jones right before or something because yeah, it's that like, would be interesting. It's like instead of when they made the sequel to Indiana Jones, which is kind of strange and all over the place, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's like well, you can kind of consider like National Treasures like an adaption of Indiana Jones. You or, know what I mean? Or an
1: homage to, in some ways.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's fun.
2: Oh, I love. But it. maybe.
0: You know, one day we'll cover it. When they come out With a new movie We're gonna do it Leading up to the release
2: Well it's gonna be About aliens Because that's where The second one ended off It was about Area 51 And that's why I was pissed When they didn't that's Come right. out with a third one Oh my gosh And didn't the, the second one Kind of ended Not with a cliffhanger But with
1: um, Was it the president The, the guy yeah. was like Basically said something like Oh there's gonna be more
2: Yeah it was like f- Actually yeah. fully a cliffhanger He like handed him the book And he goes yes. Mr. President Is this what I think it is And it was yes. Area 51 And he goes I don't know I guess we'll have to see and then it like uh. goes out and you're like and it's like 10 years later i'm like where are you they know.
1: i want it so bad i want that movie <laughs> nicholas cage always needs some money just make the movie I, <laughs> <Yeah>. seriously <laughs> uh.
0: okay so jurassic world we're back we're back folks uh comes out june twelfth, two 2015 and the budget of this movie is 150 million dollars domestically it makes 652 million dollars which is almost the amount that the lost world made total oh wow and then it makes 1.670 billion dollars a lot Uh, i remember it broke like a ton of records when it came out yeah um so this is like in the i think it's in like the top 10 15 movies ever made box office wise um but now let's let's zoom in to and let's go back to the year 2001 a movie called Jurassic Park 3 comes out and it comes out to very mediocre reviews and fans and everybody's kind of like Ugh, you know but they immediately are like we got to make Jurassic Park 4 <laughs> and they start getting all these teams together and basically from 2001 until i want to say like until they hire um Trevorrow, which is like 2012, 2013, uh, we're talking so many drafts of this movie. Originally, you know, it's going to be Jurassic Park 4, and um, one of the ideas is Sam Neill and Ian Malcolm are tracking the migration habits of dinos who have migrated to Costa Rica and find them on an island breeding like crazy. So... That's
1: that would be kind of interesting because you had Ian Malcolm in one or, you know, in a in his own movie. And then you had Sam Neill alone in his own movie, too. So then the fourth movie, bring them together.
0: Yeah. Mm. But it's also the plot of the second movie (laughs) where it's like they're breeding on this island. You got to go in there.
1: Oh, I
2: guess that's true. (laughs) And I feel like at that point, because they've both almost died so many times, you would probably stop going back to an island filled with dinosaurs. You
1: would. I mean, you would think that in the third movie when Sam Neill was given a fat check to go back to the island
2: and it's like dude do you really need money that bad (laughs) i I guess so he did in the first one too (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) so then in 2004 there's a new script and they abandon the idea of another island in favor of dinosaurs being trained to use weapons now i'm going to read a poll directly from wikipedia and this is wild so john sales wrote two drafts for the film in his first draft Isla Nublar and Injun have been taken over by Grendel Corporation, a Swiss holdings company, while creatures from the island have begun attacking people in central North America. It featured a brief return to Isla Nublar and would focus on a mercenary named Nick Harris, and it was going to involve like the DNA that was lost in the first movie. Okay. The the Barbasol yeah. can? Yeah. And then um That's kind of cool. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of surprised they never did anything with the Barbasol can. It's like I such know. a setup. Yeah. Um, and then at some point in one of these drafts, the dinosaurs would be equipped with body armor and would use their teeth and claws as weapons. And there would be hybrids containing human DNA for intelligence and dog DNA for obedience. And the script focused mostly on the efforts of Harris and a team of experts as they trained the dinosaurs. Hammond would be the only returning character in this draft, And um, they were going to be, like, on a rescue mission and combating drug dealers.
2: Unbelievable. (laughs) So that's what they wanted to do for Jurassic World 2 then. They, like, had an adaption of that.
0: Oh, okay. They
2: probably, because they didn't do it for this one, they're like, guys, we still have that idea. Yeah.
0: Well, and don't let me forget, but I have a thought that comes in with all of this about where the series is going to go.
2: Okay. Oh, but well, I'll talk I ar- about that. I looked it up. You can see the premise for the third one. It's going to be wild. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you'll have to hit us with that later. Okay. Um, and then, but Spielberg, so, okay, okay, okay. Basically, they had all this. Uh, so Brad Bird was in talks with Kathleen Kennedy to direct Force Awakens. What? So he, yeah, he was in talks to direct Force Awakens, and he suggested I'd like to see a star Wars movie by him. I would love to see a star Wars movie by him. Uh, he suggested that she have Trevorrow take over pre-production of force awakens so that he can finish Tomorrowland. Yeah. Um, and then, um, this prompts Kennedy to watch safety, not guaranteed and Spielberg as well. And they both agree that he's the man to do Jurassic world. So they have him come in, write a draft with his writing partner and stuff. Um, and and trevorrow like he says like i want to write it like we we should write it because i okay. there's a, a lot of for all the bad things people say about trevorrow i think he reined this movie in from what it would have been yeah uh, it sounded like it was gonna be all over the place yeah. even more so than it is and he was like okay let's cut this let's cut, let's streamline this so i gotta give him credit for that um and spielberg had three requests for the movie one functioning park Two, human with trained raptors, and three, human-eating dino that escapes. And then... um,
1: Human-eating dino. Oh, a dinosaur that eats a human? Yeah. I'm thinking of a human that eats a dinosaur. Yeah, I worded that
0: bad. (laughs) And then finally, we have two more notes. Although Chris Pratt... This just speaks to good old-fashioned sexism in Hollywood. Although Chris Pratt received top billing in the cast, Trevorrow stated that Howard's character Claire is the lead character. And yet she did not receive top billing for the movie. That's cool. That's stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then finally, Stan Winston, the guy who like creates the dinosaurs from the first movie and has been involved in all three productions. You're the guy with
1: the weird hair, that wasn't that. No,
0: that's um, uh, Dan Muir, I think is his that's name. That's right. Yeah. But Stan Winston makes all the like animatronics. He died in two thousand eight, so he did not oh. work on this movie. This okay. is the first one he did not work on. Okay. And that's the notes I have for jurassic world
1: okay i'm gonna blaze through this actor thing um so micah reminded me that okay so i've covered chris pratt and guardians i actually remembered for once that i had already covered someone and then uh also i believe we have covered bryce dallas howard and eclipse um so there's that oh i did want to mention i don't know if i mentioned the la- an eclipse did you know that she directed one episode of mandalorian
0: Yes, it was uh, my least favorite episode.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, it was like the worst reviewed episode. <laughs> oh. Which is unfortunate. I actually,
0: I don't think she did a bad job. It was just, there's this thing that shows do where whenever they have a mercenary character, they, they do the story of Seven Samurai, no matter what universe it is, no matter what, where it's like there's a village and they need a mercenary to help them and they have to like train them to fight. And I'm just tired of seeing that story in oh, everything. Oh, so that's what the
1: episode was. Yeah,
0: it was like he helped the village out, like, defeat this this leftover Empire troops. Okay. And I'm just like, again? Okay.
1: Um, Ty Simpkins, who plays the boy, who I can't remember if I covered, but he's in Iron Man 3. He's also in, he's the kid in Insidious, and he's a Nice Guys. The younger oh, kid or it? the older kid? The younger kid. Oh, he's such um, a good actor. I like him a lot. Yeah. He's, yeah,
0: He's pretty good. We,
1: I think we raved about him in Iron Man 3. Iron
0: Man 3, he rips. Yeah. Which, as we all know, Iron Man 3 is the best Iron Man movie.
2: Yeah. it's eh. good. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I love the first um, one. That, the first that, one's that's good.
0: acceptable, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as well as Iron Man 2. We liked all... I think
1: they just all get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're all good. Okay, so then Judy Greer, she's in 13 Going on 30, of course. Um, mm-hmm. She's an Ant-Man, and I can't remember if I covered her in Ant-Man. I'm assuming not, because the cast are just so stacked. But she's an Ant-Man. She is um, Paul Rudd's ex-wife or ex- whatever. Um, she's also in 27 Dresses. She was in the newest Halloween movie, and she's in an Arrested Development. She's also just in, like, so many things. Um, and then Irfan Khan who was like the owner or the guy that like controlled things. Slumdog millionaire. I also read in his bio that he almost became, he like was a really good cricket player. Really? And he was invited to like some kind of tournament that usually when you're invited to that tournament, a lot of people become professionals from it, but he couldn't go because he couldn't afford it. So then he focused on acting. What? Yeah. Pretty interesting, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's happy. He made (laughs) that choice. I
1: know,
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> that is so wild.
1: Yeah, pretty interesting.
0: And he Didn't he die like a month ago?
1: I didn't look... I mean, yeah, he died this year. Wait, yeah, he
0: so died? He, yeah. yeah, he's such a gem. Oh. He's such a great actor.
2: Oh, that's but, uh, so sad.
1: Yeah, so he's in Slumdog Millionaire, Inferno, The Lunchbox, Life of Pi, Amazing Spider-Man, and then he's in a lot of foreign films, um, specifically like a lot of Indian films.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, And then we have Vincent D... DiCaprio, who might have one of the most interesting careers.
0: Oh, he's got the weirdest. He's career. just a
1: guy that, like, for some reason, he gets to do anything he wants because this is. I mean, he's got a huge filmography, but this is what I picked. So he's Wilson Fisk and Daredevil. The only good thing about Daredevil, in my opinion, um, the the show, not the movie. Yeah, and then he's in Men in Black. He's in Full Metal Jacket, Ed Wood the judge charlie countryman the judge yeah he's in sinister (laughs) movie and the breakup what a weird i mean i know that he's in more than that but it's just like a weird did you say law and order too no he's
0: in he's the main character in law and order svu
1: i didn't know that
0: and he acts and he's with um the the daughter from what about bob they're the two main characters i don't
1: remember who that is but okay yeah cool uh he's great didn't need to be in this movie but he's great okay and then we have (laughs) nick robinson who plays the older brother okay he is the titular simon and loves simon
0: ah mr sarcastic himself
1: yes uh angsty teenage boy he's also in boardwalk empire everything everything and he's also in kong school island and then we have jake johnson new girl let's be cops mythic quest spider verse and then omar Sy who uh, is like Chris Pratt's like friend and the guy that he works with. Um, oh, yeah. He's in, he's in The Untouchables, the French version.
0: Oh, he's the guy. He's, yeah, he's oh. the guy in The Untouchables. So he's a French guy.
1: Yeah, he's also in Chocolat. Oh. Uh, he's m- most recently in Call of the Wild. Sorry for his career for that. Oh,
0: yeah, I remember seeing him <laughs> in the trailer now, yeah.
1: He's also in X-Men Days of Future Past and, and Transformers of The Last Night. And then last but not least, Lauren Lapkus. We're talking about our
0: girl, yes. Lauren Lapkus.
1: Who we know best from Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast and the TV show. One of the funniest comedians and actresses currently working and our opinion for mike and me
0: we love lauren lapkus and let's just put it out there lauren come on the show please we want you on the show you're the queen of podcasting in so
1: many podcasts listen to any of them and they're great she specifically um is doing a star wars podcast called newcomers with nicole byer where they have never seen any of the star wars movies ever and they go through it together
0: It's the funniest podcast. It's so good.
1: Yeah, very funny. She's also in Crashing, the um, HBO show with Pete Holmes, Orange is the New Black, most recently The Wrong Missy, an Adam Sandler movie with one of his Netflix deals, The Good Girls, and Harvey Girls.
0: Yeah, we love Lauren. I was hoping you were going to do a side note on her. We'll just save her for last. With uh, future guest Lauren Lapkus. (laughs) We hope and we pray. I'm putting it out there as a as uh it's going to happen one day.
2: I didn't know who Lauren Lapkus was, so now I feel like I need to go uh like watch more of her stuff. She's she has a
1: there's a thing on Netflix called The Characters <laughs> where like each episode is a different comedian and it's basically showcasing their I would say improv talent. I know it's not improv, but like yeah. their comedic talent. And she oh, cool. has her own episode, and she's just doing all these different characters, and they're just so funny. And some of one of her characters is like a reality TV,
0: like pop star, pop star,
1: who's like, "I'm going to choose who my boyfriend's going to be," and <laughs> it is like sadly so on point with oh, like that's, reality that's TV cool. stuff. She is so so funny, and I think that she within the last couple of years have been, has been getting a lot of really great roles, like a little bit more popular, like putting herself out there a little bit more. And because we've been listening to a lot of podcasts that she's done, like for years, it's been so fun to like see her career, like move forward. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. But, um, okay. So let's, you're in the theater, comes down, says universal. And we see an egg a close-up shot of an egg and mm-hmm. uh i believe it's a raptor is yes. like coming out of the egg mm-hmm. a, a style of shot we've not seen thus far in the universe and then we cut to
1: but the animation is very cool
0: The animation's crazy in that sequence yeah. that first sequence and then we cut to a bird landing on the ground which was i was kind of like oh weird when i first saw it but it it is thematically like within the world of the, you know, one of the themes in this series has been like dinosaurs came from birds. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense that they're kind of like doing that.
1: I think I like it a lot. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see like Judy Greer with the family and, you know, one guy. Oh, David
1: Wallace is in it.
0: Yes, from The Office. <laughs> um, and basically the kids are going to go to Jurassic World with their aunt and hang out.
1: Right. Yeah, for a weekend.
0: Yeah. There's not much more to say about that. Um, it's
1: established that the younger brother has, like, you know, he's kind of a nerd. He, like, knows a lot about everything, but it seems like he is especially interested in dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. To me, he is kind of the, with with a childlike heart, like the Sam Neill of this movie. Yes. Yeah. In terms but, of interest.
0: Well, he's almost yeah. like the kid from the first movie in this movie. Yeah. yeah.
1: I just, that's probably more true.
0: Yeah. Okay, but, but he does well, th- have that. What did you go, guys go think
2: of uh Zach, the older one?
0: I have I wish he was funnier. some thoughts about the okay, older I one. Okay, I do too.
2: I have literally two paragraphs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you go first. You go first.
2: I okay, so the beginning of the movie, I like that they didn't start right away with like we don't see the dinosaurs yet. It's, especially yes. because it's been 20 years, like for people waiting for this movie. So I like that they kind of draw it out a little bit. But I, the whole thing, okay, can we just freaking stop putting in movies this idea of an angsty teenage boy who has a girlfriend who we have no relationship with? We don't Mm -hmm. care about the girl. We don't even know who this kid is yet. It's not like this is a sequel. And it's like, I don't care about you. Get in the car. Like, I would much rather (laughs) the parents, I was telling Arturo, I would almost have preferred the parents came to the island because they're both such good actors because they're trying yes. to establish this whole thing of like this yeah. this family is breaking up and if they would have done a whole thing of like this is one last family vacation and like we're going to try and make this work i know that that's kind of drawn out too but like they're amazing actors have them come and then they do their own thing and then their kids get lost and it could have still been the same premise but it's not this whole thing of this creepy kid who keeps staring at girls the whole movie i don't even I get know. it no he's a creep <laughs> he's a creep I I don't get I, his character. I think the that is, of, wait of,
0: the, uh, sorry. I just Olivia, that is a great fix for the movie. Yeah, I agree. love that idea cuz Judy <laughs> yeah. Greer is so wasted in this movie and oh, she's what's the so point? fantastic. She's yeah. the best. Uh, sorry. Go ahead, Judy. Jo- I was
1: going to say I think one of the in in recent films, the one of the best representation of teenagers is the um Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. Yes. Yes. Oh, totally. like, It's just like each Kid one each kid is like Such a good actor and they just like know What they're doing mm-hmm. and yeah. they, they it's like I, they, I don't know they're just all Just so funny and So good in what the, they're do I think the scripts a lot better for them Obviously yes. than like than this movie but like I think they should have written this character More like that's just like it he's just A kid yeah even though he's yeah. 16 and he likes girls now he doesn't have to be like Creepy and angsty about it
0: well, yeah, and yeah. and I, I just do not buy, I, I do not buy that you're at a place where there are extinct dinosaurs living, <laughs> walking, you can touch them. And you're just like, I wish I was texting my girlfriend. Uh, whatever.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: man, that yeah. T-Rex sucks so bad. I'm yeah. like, uh, what? Yeah. I and mean, I've, even at a zoo, I'm in so much wonder. And sometimes they're not even like that crazy of animals. Yeah. And I think most people are.
2: Yeah, and I think that they were trying to kind of play on this fact of like, okay, both of the kids know that there's something going on with their parents. So the little one Mm -hmm. is acting out emotionally and the older one is just like acting out because he like wants to be a little rebel. But I feel Mm -hmm. like that's really not even a good depiction of what it's like when your parents are going through a divorce. So I feel like if they really wanted to play with this idea of they have angst and they're not getting along as brothers. They could have actually kind of done, they could have done that better. And I don't even think it's the actor's fault because I think he probably did exactly what they told him to do. I, yeah, I think so too. Which is think, the yeah. issue.
0: <laughs> I think he actually does a really good performance. I'm not faulting, yeah. I, I'm faulting the writing, not the acting on totally. this
2: um,
0: And I, I think just to kind of explain more, I think the biggest problem I have with this movie is the characters are just so underdeveloped and one dimensional. Like yes. every single one of them, very and typical. It, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it and it feels very much like um, th- this movie. I I say this a lot, but it just feels very written. Like yeah. like you don't. It doesn't transcend the material. It feels like lines, and it feels like like it feels like a man writing a woman character. It feels like um, older men writing about younger people. Like it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't feel like they know anything about these experiences they're writing about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, it's very odd. Um, I mean, partic- I, I just think the, the Bryce Dallas Howard character is like insane to me. Yeah. Like, but like we will get way? to that as we go. Yeah. It's just such a, it's such a male written role. And I know I'm not a woman, so I can't speak to that, but it just, it just feels like if a woman had written it, she would have so much more depth because she is so uninteresting to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, she looks great yeah i like her outfit yeah she looks great I, I like her outfit before she rips it apart but yeah and i and i read this whole thing where because obviously as a girl jordan you know this when you watch a woman running in heels that don't even have straps you're like first of all those shoes would have been gone um like the minute anything was going on number yeah. two she actually did run in those heels and she spent time practicing running in them and i'm like as an actress, you're going to take your time that's limited to learn how to run (laughs) in heels. That's what we're going to do with your role. Like, let's talk about blood blisters for a second. Like, I just can't. I can't. (laughs) It, It is so, Oh gosh, yeah, it is like so annoying. And
1: it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, Part of me is like, oh, it's not even worth talking about because I don't even want to like yeah. spend time on it. But at the same time, it's like it is so stupid that this is a thing that happened, and they draw they drew attention to it at that the end of the totally, movie. Totally, yeah. that's
2: the issue. You they make it a point that you notice she's running in literal stilettos, which is like impossible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and it's so. I mean, we already know that the T Rex runs thirty five miles per hour, and <laughs> you know you know us, Olivia. We don't like to nitpick, but I know a lot of. A lot of this movie, and especially the next movie, they, they just kind of, like, defy you to, like, find the reasoning behind certain things, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, it goes down to, okay, so to to go a little bit forward, I'm just jumping ahead a little bit, but, like, they, you know, we, we kind of meet the, what is, the, is the monster that they made up?
0: The Indominus Rex.
1: The Indominus Rex. So they think that it's escaped. And so she's like, oh, there's a chip. We can, like, track the chip and find out where it is. Yeah. Uh, no one go inside the cage until we figure out if it's in there or not.
0: Right. Double yeah. check, maybe, before yeah. before you go in.
1: And that that is, like, I know that's nitpicky, but it it, it is, like, like it, let's just look at a reality for a second. No one would be going into that cage until they knew
2: that it was not in there absolutely mm-hmm. and I think like if we're gonna zoom out because I don't even think this is nitpicky because one of the biggest things which I know you guys are gonna have an issue with this once we get to it the biggest thing for me is the safety measures of the park because even going to like Universal <laughs> Studios or Disneyland if one person stands up on a ride literally everything is shut down like yeah they don't right. mess around so now let's pretend like we're in Disneyland and there's you know a 50 foot dinosaur okay it's like the things that they would be doing to make sure that their guests were safe like bunkers for example like so many things they don't have any of that and that is a huge plot hole for me yeah, right. I didn't even really think about that, but that is so true. When, like,
1: it's like, you do have to figure, it's like such a huge liability right. to not have those things in place, because they're dinosaurs. They Like, if it's martial law, like, if it's going to happen, it will. Or what's it, anything Murphy's that can law. Murphy's, Murphy's law. Martial's
0: law. Martial's law, kind of law, sorry. <laughs> they call in the, the, the army yeah. to like.
1: <laughs> I meant Murphy's law. What is the whole thing, though? It's like, whatever can happen will happen. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: Yep. Yeah. No, I, well, and, I agree.
0: And uh, I wanted to speak to your point, Olivia, and then I forgot what I was gonna say. So we're just gonna keep. Okay, moving. Hey, let's keep tracking. <laughs> but um, uh, here here is one thing that I think is fantastic about the movie. Um, when they get to the park, they open it up, and we see this fully functioning park. And then there's this scene, the best scene in the movie, and I'm not. It is just like it. It is so wish fulfilling. It's insane. We pan down to these children riding Triceratops and little tiny bronchiosauruses, and a kid comes up to it and hugs it, so
2: and cute. it is, like,
0: yeah. the cutest thing in the world. I, the cutest I
2: would thing I've argue ever that, seen. <laughs> yeah,
1: I would argue that that is the only point in the movie, for me personally, that has the most
2: heart and wonder Yes, out of all of it, is a kid doing that? And when it's they're crazy. kayaking down the river, and there's like a Ooh, brontosaurus. Yes, like that I'm like, I'm there. I'll pay whatever you want me, me to too. pay to do that. Yeah.
0: Well, and and what what I what I really do appreciate. I don't think it completely works. I, as you're probably feeling, Olivia. I I don't like hate this movie. I don't even know if I'd go so far as to say I dislike it. I don't think it works completely. But I, I do commend um, Trevarro and the writers for like attempting something different with the series because mm-hmm. it feels like yeah. the first time since the first movie that they're like, okay, now there's a park open. now we can deal with this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I think they kind of like throw it out the window for just like mayhem at the end of the movie. Yeah yeah. but um I I, I like the movie. I lost my train of thought again, but but <laughs> it just kind of falls off the rails and And I remember what I was gonna say. I stalled enough that I remembered. Uh, th- the problem with all of these sequels um, is that the wonder is is both not photographed well. Spielberg nails it in the first movie. the way he does those push-ins yeah. and zooms and like the angle of his shots, you are in so much wonder. yeah, and it never gets replicated. Um, but part of it is we we've seen the dinosaurs. we know, and you can't put that trick back in the bag. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it's like if every time you make a sequel, you can't be like a new character going. Okay, I've never heard of wait dinosaurs because it's already happened. Yeah, yeah, Um, and that's that's why the series doesn't really work as a whole. I think mostly it's like the wonder is gone, and then the lessons are never learned.
2: I will say, though, every time I wrote down a note, I had to remind myself, like, if we're talking about an overall premise of the movie, like, this movie is about dinosaurs and it's about a theme park, there are going to be obvious things that are like, eh, that wouldn't happen in real life. Totally. So it's like, okay, well, we're not going to have dinosaurs in real life. (laughs) I've honestly researched it a ton and they've tried at Yale and that's terrifying. But it's like there are going to be things that are very, very, very confusing. But I feel like for me, when I would watch it, I just gave it a pass because I just I loved the visuals and I loved I, I felt like I was being brought back in time to something that was so like reminiscent of my childhood, you know? Um, yeah. Which I, oh, I think yeah. they could get away yeah. with stuff in this one. But I think the second one, I don't know what you guys think of that movie. I think. Uh, they, they're they using their same old tricks and they can't get away with it on the second one.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen the other movie. Um, most of these movies in the series is my first time. Uh-huh. Uh, but I I would, like, as someone who did not see Jurassic Park until I was in college, like, mm-hmm. I really don't have a connection to these movies. I obviously think the first one's amazing. Um, and it's so good. But it's like, I do not have an emotional attachment. Yeah. So right. it's harder for me to watch this movie, even though it's 20 years after... Or, you know it's just basically a reboot it's hard for me to watch it and to like feel exactly how you're saying that you felt and i wish i could right yeah. i just i just don't have that attachment to it and so I, and, and yeah. but i agree with you like when when you go into anything that's fictional i mean it's like when people watch interstellar and they're like that could never happen and it's like no of course it couldn't it's <laughs> yeah. a science fiction movie yeah,
0: yeah. So there is there an element are of like that. Y- you do have to like hold your breath and just let them do what they're gonna do yeah but i i you know, the the problem with, uh, another problem with all the sequels is the first movie is so airtight, and it's like everything is pretty explainable and justifiable. You know, like the guy, Wayne Knight, Newman, who like shuts the power off and stuff, it all totally lines up. So when the dinosaurs escape, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it's like, ugh, if they'd have just taken one extra minute, this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know?
2: No, totally. Um,
0: but I do, I do want to talk about another, like... The the ideology of this movie I do kind of like. So we've talked about the park, the park being open. I love that. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing that I do like, I I don't. Again, it's not. It doesn't totally work though. Is that scene where where Bryce Dallas Howard goes in to talk to the investors and she says, uh, "People don't really care about dinosaurs anymore. It needs to be scarier, cooler, crazier," and i what's cool is if you read that kind of as a look on the series as a whole because um, i i think we we're discovering that the best way to kind of think about these movies is like if the park you treat it as the movie yeah and it's like it's like well people don't want dinosaurs from jurassic park they need something bigger and better for it to beat the first movie out and like our guest yeah. said in the last episode, this whole movie is telling you that the first movie is better and we're this movie is not going to be as good as the first movie. Yeah. And I love all of that. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's a fascinating ideology, particularly about American culture, how we always just need something better yeah. and newer and we can't be satisfied.
2: Mm-hmm. Totally. And I love that. I, I really, even when I first watched it, I thought it was really cool that they were saying like, they call, you know, she kept calling the dinosaurs, like the asset, like she wouldn't refer to them as like things that, you know, were alive. And like the Verizon wireless presents, it's like that, (laughs) that is actually what would happen. Like Mm -hmm. we would totally not care anymore. You would take your kids there and be like, cool. Like the T-Rex isn't even the coolest thing there anymore. And you know, people just want something crazier, which I, I do like that they relied on that because i mean that's the reality of humans which is sucky but (laughs) yeah and and that goes into the design of the Adominus
1: rex for Mm -hmm. me is is like i i like the way they designed it because it doesn't look nor it doesn't look natural yeah because it's not supposed to it's it's basically a mashup of dinosaurs and like particularly its mouth it looks kind of like like I, i can't think of the right word other than like zombified Mm -hmm. a little bit like it doesn't look like its mouth was completely finished um so it's so its teeth are just like so like always bloody like Uh always bloody and sticking out too yeah yeah Yeah. And i I like it's a very it it does look much more like a monster than it does a dinosaur i i think that whoever designed it did a good job
0: so now let's talk about uh Oh, man. I was trying to remember his name from Parks and Rec. I want to talk about Owen Grady from this movie. Oh, Uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. (laughs) I think he's an absolute disaster in this movie. Okay. I think he maybe is the worst part about this movie.
2: Oh, my gosh. Really? I feel like he made the movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you why, and maybe I'll convince you. Um, Part of it is something you said, which tell say oh I, I think
1: that chris pratt is miscasted i love chris pratt i mean anyone who's listened to our guardians episode huge chris pratt fan yeah the thing is for me you can't and i i have i have talked to a lot of people about this people and including me cannot get andy from parks and rec out of their mind no matter <laughs> how good he looks now yeah. yes so that being said to me even the sound of his voice is funny to me yep and also because guardians he's perfectly well casted because he is because of you know he he looks heroic now but he's still funny right so in this movie he's not really supposed to be funny like he's doing much more of the straight man kind of thing yeah. and it, it does every time he he's gives doing his like best an harrison order,
0: ford impersonation
1: yeah and every time he like gives an order it's like oh is it
0: are we supposed oh. to laugh
1: right there or? Yeah. And that that's like for me, it's a it's a thing that I can't separate in my mind.
0: Yes. And yeah. and the the other thing about him is this whole movie, you can actually see some shots where his eyes are normal and then he squints to look cooler. Oh, that's um, funny. Which that's pretty annoying. But um I here is the the problem with so so I think he's completely miscast. And I and, think
1: the character is fine if I just think, like I said, I just think you got to put someone else in there. See,
0: I think the character is also a disaster. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Um, As uh, as is pointed out in a Blank Check episode on The Lost World, Ian Malcolm in uh, Jurassic Park 1 is like the Han Solo of the movie, where he's kind of commenting on how everything is stupid and this shouldn't be happening, but he's a smart scientist, but he's cool and suave. And that's part of why in the next movie – It doesn't work because that guy can't really be your main character. The guy that's always like commenting on stuff. And in this movie, they make a vital error. They they, They take the character of Sam Neill and Ian Malcolm and they combine them into one person. So the person who's like caring and compassionate about dinosaurs is also the person that's like, yeah, but this is pretty stupid, huh? And so like at the core of his essence, his character is like at odds with himself.
1: That's an interesting thought.
0: And so I just don't think it he works at all. Ah. But
2: now I want to know
1: what Olivia thinks about him.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, okay. Okay. I'm trying to think mostly when you just said Harrison Ford, I was picturing a young Harrison Ford and that kind of fits perfectly. Like if Mm -hmm. you were to think of him young, because he's still kind of sarcastic and quippy, because I think we need that a little bit. We need a little bit of that, like sarcasm, but I think kind of, I guess the issue. So we have like the two people in the control room who are obviously the comic relief, like that is their job but then the best we two go, characters <laughs> which are the best I mean yeah and then you look at Owen and he's kind of making light of everything but also being serious and so it's like okay they want us to think this movie is like so serious but like there has to be a comic relief but maybe there's too much comic relief because now I don't know <laughs> which person is supposed to make me laugh and which one's not type of thing and mm-hmm, so sure I don't know I think I really like Bryce Dallas Howard a lot I like her in that role and I think the other cast is good I personally like Chris Pratt because it feels like I know him because I've seen him in so many things but I yeah. think yeah. I yeah. could be convinced otherwise if I could think of someone else but I don't know who else could fit that role I don't know yeah I, yeah I haven't thought about who would be better and I right.
0: probably
1: think about it for the rest of the day
0: yeah well I, I think I think uh it, it would have I, I I know uh, someone does need to be kind of like the commenting uh, relief character, you know. But um, if if the character was written differently, if you just had like a really earnest person that just loved the dinosaurs, that could work. Or if you did have someone like, you know, I mean, it can't be him, obviously, but like uh, Jeff Goldblum, who's like, this is so stupid, the whole movie. But it's uh, him doing both things just doesn't work.
1: But I think what like story-wise what would have made it better so it's like uh the owner basically tells bryce Ellis howard like oh this owen guy's gonna come look at this dinosaur and help us maybe think about its psychology a little bit more and she's like oh we have a pass so then they go <laughs> meet and it's like we had one date and it was just like so terrible and it's like we don't need the scene for, to me what should have happened is the movie or when Owen's character was introduced it should have been him i think saving the kid who fell in because it shows that he has a relationship with the dinosaurs in terms of being able to train them and they trust him in some way also it still shows the danger of dinosaurs yeah um so it shows that's how he's introduced and then like she shows up to take him back to the the dominus rex and that's when they have their weird conversation if it if we feel like we can't do without it Right. Not, like, a 10-minute... It takes, like, 10 or 15 minutes to get there.
0: Right. I, I totally agree with that. Um yeah. So now, let's talk about Vincent D'Onofrio okay. and the military dinosaurs. Olivia, mm-hmm. military dinos, where do you stand? Are you pro? <laughs>
2: well, that's terrifying to think about. Um, <laughs> I feel like... Okay. Kind of going a little bit with what you were just saying about chris pratt if we're thinking about it he kind of acts like he hates his life there so it's kind of like well why is he there number one if he thinks that what they're doing to these animals is not great then why is he there that's my question you're talking about the chris pratt character yes because then he comes out and he's like hey, what do you need, buddy? He's like, hey, we're going to take these dinosaurs to war. And it's like, oh, okay, men. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) quite the leap. Yeah, and it's like, I do think people would try and do that. I more think people would try and just have them as, like if we're talking like really realistic in a different universe, I more think people would use these as a spectacle. Like, look how much money I have. I have a brontosaurus in my backyard type of thing. But as far as war goes, I mean, like... I just don't know. Like, I think it could have been a better movie than what the second one was because the second one was just a repeat of all the other ones. But it's like, (laughs) I... I kind of would want to see what that looks like. Like opening scene, you're in Afghanistan and you see a dinosaur (laughs) eating somebody. Like that's the first scene. And you're like, whoa, what is this world? How long has it been? They've trained them that well. Like that could be cool, but also it could be the dumbest thing ever too. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, there's almost like an alternate world where they make Jurassic Park. They don't make any sequels, but they do all these movies that are like, they never say are officially Jurassic Park related, but say you go to a movie and it's supposed to be about like these U.S. soldiers that are pinned down in some town, somewhere in the world, and they're trying to figure things out and they're getting attacked by something and then they find out it's a monster and then at the end it's like a horror movie and then they find out it's a. You're basically
1: asking for the Cloverfield franchise for the for this franchise.
0: In a way, yeah. Although that franchise doesn't really work, but yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it it's it's almost like you need you. you you need to like scrap the idea of like recurring characters and and just do like oh let's zoom in and do this thing over here on like a, a, a you know seventy million dollar budget and then let's do I would I think I, think I would what prefer you're to do that. Also, kind
1: of talking about too is a little bit of Mad Max of what because each yeah. movie is yeah. vastly different than the last. Yes, kind of the the same. The common theme throughout is dystopia. Yes. That I would be so on board with, because when you do like have these recurring characters, it's just so much baggage comes with them, and mm-hmm. like you just said about Ian Malcolm in the second movie, or whoever said that it's like it doesn't really work because of what we know about him in the first movie,
0: yeah,
2: yeah,
1: that's interesting, yeah,
0: I mean i oh sorry go ahead
2: oh no I was just gonna say I I liked first of all I loved that Henry Wu the doctor was in it I I wish they would have had more characters from the original I love that he was in it and I also love that they almost made him kind of like the evil character because you don't pick that up in the first ones but and I and I I wish that they wouldn't have killed vincent i can't ever say his last name <laughs> Close enough. Um, at the end and i wish they would have gone through with this idea of they're making dinosaurs on this side and they're actually uh-huh. doing something because i do feel like that's what people would do and i do feel like that's kind of like you know this weird government thing is going on and because henry got away but then he wasn't in the second one but they say he's going to be in the third one but it's like well why aren't you leaning into that if you want to sequel this bad like let's lean into what you guys are doing creating these things exactly they're just like michael was saying they're just like alluding to all these things and it's like i want to see more of that do that and they're not doing it
0: there's a little bit of like pick a lane like in my opinion this movie should just be about the park and it should not be about I mean maybe you do the gen- genetic stuff but it should just be about the park no military stuff and and like that should be what it is and the point is like capitalism doesn't work which has been the theme in all the other movies and then like greed corrupts absolutely that's the theme of the movie and then you know instead of like let's tack on this training so thing So then the
1: next movie is okay We know that that's not really
2: working now. Let's try this.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
2: why are they bringing up military stuff if that's not what the second one was about? I was so baffled (laughs) when that's what the second one wasn't about. Like, it it made (laughs) no sense to me.
0: Well, I have a theory that I thought of last night, Olivia. And I I know you said you you stumbled upon some plot stuff. But even if they didn't say this, you know, these things change a lot. So we don't know for sure until we see it. I think what's going to happen, if you r- recall, at the end of Fallen Kingdom, dinosaurs get out on North America. Yes. So I think we're going to, the movie's going to do like uh, an hour and a half, uh, an hour to an hour and a half of like the dinosaurs ravaging everything. And then all of a sudden, like battle dinos are going to come out and save the day. That's what I think is going to happen in the next movie.
2: I mean, yeah. I So what do you guys want to know what I read? yeah yeah it's all just really quick what they're saying is it's going to be a fast forward into the future where we basically coexist with dinosaurs like so you're camping and then oh a dinosaur gets into your stuff like a bear would like so they're saying <laughs> okay it'll that's be more, pretty cool <laughs> so and, and and once i read that i was like if i wrote this script which personally i think i could I think that that's (laughs) what I would write. This idea of there are pterodactyls flying. How do we deal with those as humans? Do we have things that we keep in our cars to fend off the dinosaurs? Do they not bother us? Because like bears don't like bother us, you know? So that's interesting to me, but who knows what they'll do.
1: (laughs) That is a very fascinating.
0: It would, it would be against the entire series, but it would be interesting if it ended with coexistence. And it was like, we made it work. And it was like, life finds a way.
2: Yeah, it, I'm, that's the it, whole thing. It would theme. go against
0: the first movie, but yeah. I almost would prefer them do that than like another smash dino. And this is where yeah.
1: I'm at with the series. <laughs> with And I haven't seen the next one and I'm not excited for it. But... Ba- based on like everything we've seen and pretty much besides the first one every time we've watched one mike is like i just have been trying to figure out how they can make it work and i said last night mike they have tried four times to make <laughs> it work and it's not working maybe they should just stop yeah of course it makes too much money right which is the whole ironic thing of the whole series
2: yeah and but i mean i love it even though i would hate it i would love it <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that you like it and I'm glad that like there are people still enjoying it. Like I already said, I have no attachment, don't really care. The still the you know the first one's the best one. But to me, I still like the third one better or the third one is my second favorite because it's just dinosaurs chasing people and that's all I want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I see, I think I think the the what would be awesome is if there was Jurassic Park 1, no more movies and then and then if there if there like, the rest of the movies almost work if there's, like, four cheesy punchlines that make you realize it's self-aware and it's not attached to Jurassic Park and they're not trying to be scientific and philosophical, but it's just funny. Like, kind of yeah. kind of yeah. like, I felt like Kong Skull Island was a good example of, like, there's monsters and then every once in a while there's, like, a wink at the camera.
1: Yeah. And I enjoyed
0: <laughs> that movie because it was a little, like, it's monsters, it's ridiculous, just go with us on this. Yeah. And... These movies, they try to do that and then simultaneously they try to make a serious philosophical point and they're attached to one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made. So it's just like, it's so hard to wrap your head around.
2: Yeah. I think like 50% of this movie is also like what we've been saying. It is bringing back your original memories of watching this. And so Mm -hmm. it's like so much of it, even the fact that they're on the same island, which I find kind of interesting because I don't feel like you would go back to the same island. I don't know. But then also that the T-Rex is supposed to be the original T-Rex from the first one and yeah. I didn't know that and it's like well how did they ca- I mean how did that even happen and then the old you know the old building in the jungle mm-hmm. that first of all they would tear that down but second of all it's like yeah you know they're just bringing back all of the like you know these romantic feelings you had about the first I totally one. and it's just nostalgia yeah and it works for this one but yeah. th- it can't go past this one yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) well and and i think it works on the level that our guest uh dan or i think it was jeremy actually from our previous episode said um that it works on the level of the movie being self-aware that it is like this is not jurassic park one and we don't think we're better than that yeah i think it works on that level Mm -hmm. but there is a little bit like i it it just it's like it's a little too nostalgic for me like, just barely. I feel like there's just, like, a scene or two that's, like, if you just cut that out, it'd be less on the, like, we're trying to pull at your heartstrings and make you remember feelings you had yeah. instead of earning them.
2: Probably the building. Like, they could have taken that out, the old building. Yeah, I and think yeah, that would have been maybe the That would have been perfect, fix. yeah.
0: Although, when I was in theaters, I was like, the
2: goggles! I know, then, <laughs> then you hear, like, the doo-doo-doo, and you're like, why am I crying?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was telling Jordan, I was like, because, you know, they go into that restaurant scene where Hammond talks to uh, Ellie, and I was like, I wonder if that melted ice cream is all over the table. (laughs) Wait, that's, I mean, that's true. And not to mention
2: the fact I did put this in my notes, that, like, that amount of plants and foliage do not grow in 20 years. Like, it doesn't, there was so, it was so, it looked like it had been a thousand years since they had been there. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it was very confusing. But that's cool. Yeah. I like that. That's like movie magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go with him on that one. Um Okay, let's Oh, we've bounced all over the place, which yeah. is good. But let's let's talk about the gyroscope scene. Is that oh. the ball? Where the kids are in the ball.
2: Oh no. I like
0: the scene a lot. I think huh. it's a great scene. Yeah. Where the kids are in the ball and the Indominus like appears in their reflection when he's like, Oh Very no, scary. there's there's five dinosaurs.
2: Okay, but I the, think that, this that scene is, is cool. This is the this is the epitome of the entire movie wouldn't happen if this wouldn't have happened, and it wouldn't. Like, it's such a plot. <laughs> right, hole. right. Like, such <laughs> an issue with the fact that they can drive this thing on their own, it's not on a track. And the whole park is being shut down, and there's nothing that turns that ball around, and they can just drive <laughs> oh, it wherever Oh, I know, like, like an they override want. system? Yes! I was like, this would... I, I don't know. I, I feel like out of all of the writers, they could have been like, well, let's do a couple fixes with this scene. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree.
0: Yeah, I think the circumstances leading up to it, you have to turn off the logic part of your brain, but... The actual sequence where the dinosaur's attacking them and it breaks through the glass. Yeah. I mean, really cool. Um mm-hmm. Oh, the dinosaur then, looks
2: great. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and
0: I love when it when it bites the the gyroscope and its its breath fogs it up and you see its big old tongue. Yeah. Yes. Oh. And, and oh, and when it's fighting that um, that, that dinosaur that has, like, the shell it back. reminds me of an yeah. armadillo. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> and it, like, attempts... To, I, I thought it was such a... Jordan said it Ro- first. Wonderful touch. Wonderful touch that it's, like, this dinosaur that doesn't know what it's doing, and it just tries to bite the back of the shell and then realizes it doesn't work. So then it flips it over and cuts it open. Yeah, and I was tri- like, oh, that's such a cool touch.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of goes along with this idea that it's kind of like a, it's like a baby. Like it's still young and it's like yes. just yeah. trying to figure out what it is. And man, that scene when Chris Pratt is under, so after he eats the, the one worker and then the fat guy, yeah, <laughs> Pr- Chris Pratt is like under the truck. And when you see that, his mouth come in. That is literally horrifying, but it looks so good because it's. It was obviously real, and it was just like, I. I it it was good. <laughs> I was
1: impressed. yeah. L- that part looked really good, and yeah. I, it is like nice touch that they said. I don't remember. I think it was Chris Pratt at one point was like, it. Maybe it wasn't him, but it was like it is not, this thing isn't natural. So like basically it's genetic makeup does not, that's DNA does not tell it what to do. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't really know what it's doing. Yeah. So like they pretty much find out that it's killing for sport. Oh, and it's like, scene. oh, that's it's, it's see, not just trying to survive.
0: You see yeah. the the real animatronic of that bronchiosaurus oh, die. That's that sad. is heartbreaking. Yeah,
2: that was a good scene. That was I, a great oh, scene. I, that was like emotional,
1: and I was like, wow, this is good.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm
1: glad that none of neither of them talked like that whole scene. Yeah, yeah they me were too. just there for it. Yeah. Oh, sad.
0: Um, then Mr. Indominus himself. He, Herself. Well, Mrs. Yeah. or Miss, actually, she's not married as far as we know.
1: She's the only one of her kind.
0: But man, if uh, someone uh, I was trying to make a Beyonce, if you liked it, you should have put a ring on it joke. So insert that joke in your head, viewer. If you liked it, <laughs> viewer, you should have put so a ring on it. people are
1: watching now. Yes.
0: yes. Looking at their time slowly move across their podcasting app. Um, OK. <laughs> Reset. Take two. Um, the pterodactyls escape. Yeah out of the aviary and again i'll credit this scene i mean i think it could be shot a little scarier but it's a pretty cool sequence where it's just attacking everybody that's running around and it was very reminiscent of alfred hitchcock's the birds like i i feel like that was probably an inspiration on the sequence and i
1: but they have this scene has one as you've said and i agreed one of the most (laughs) violent scenes in the whole (laughs) franchise
0: and I don't know what that what that uh, assistant did to deserve that death. Oh, yeah.
2: later when Zara, that whole thing? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah that That's was, just so insane. Yeah, that was like so aggressive, which really fast. Did you guys... Okay, this is probably one of my favorite scenes from any of the Jurassic Parks. But when you first see the Indominus Rex at its full power running out of the jungle before the boys jump off of the waterfall... Uh-huh. It looks so real, the CGI. oh, and yeah, then when yeah. it's leaning over the side, it like the all of the dinosaurs remind me of cats for some reason, like their movements. But when it's like reaching over the side and then the the camera's like panning up at it, it's like it's actually one of the most unreal scenes <laughs> to me. It looks yeah, really it, good. I yeah. like it
0: reaches over the waterfall to try and bite them. yeah, like grab them in mm-hmm. its jaws, and that's very cool. Um yeah.
2: anyway, I just had to say that. <laughs>
0: Yes, I'm glad you brought it up. That is a great, great sequence. Um, so when Zara is attacked, what is mind-blowing, watching the behind-the-scenes, she did all of those stunts. That actress. That
1: actress did?
0: Watch. And you can see this behind-the-scenes footage where she's just launched into the air like that and then launched back down and then, like, <gasps> into the water. Out. Oh. I mean, these are separate shots, but out of the water, into the water, out of the water, and then, like, launched into the air again. And what no? <laughs> and what's crazy too that that this blew my mind. So in that shot, it looks at the kids and then they can't or it looks at her, pans to the kids and then it pans back to her and the pterodactyl gets her. One shot. Uh-huh. They timed that so she has a harness on.
1: Oh wow! It
0: looks at her. There's nothing connected to her. Yeah. It pans to the kids. Someone runs up, hooks the <gasps> harness on. What? Gets out of the shot. And then it launches her by the time the camera comes back around. That's
2: impressive. And I am like,
0: I would not do that for any amount of money.
2: Oh, I would do that. That's awesome. That is so cool. Okay. The person who skydives. I know. Okay. Oh, do you skydive? Yeah, I did. And bungee jumped. I love that stuff. Um, Yeah. I'm
0: too scared. (laughs) For me,
2: it's like watching the movie and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm going to pee my pants just watching it. I, oh my gosh, that scene though. Okay. But we have to talk and I've never noticed this in the original. So, the or when I originally saw it so the Mosasaurus or whatever it you know how I well it kind of goes to the end but with Zara why is it allowed to be right there where the guard railing is if that's where people stand yeah
0: oh you're right (laughs) that's that's like a huge like at the end when the yeah
1: (laughs) indominus rex is like laying there and it comes up and like drags it down and it's like like, who what was you're saying that some like steel was just separating it from jumping up there yeah i think it could have done that if it wanted to yeah and because
2: like that didn't get out like they're making it a point that everything else got out but how did that thing get out
0: (laughs) i never have thought of that
2: yeah that's so
0: funny um That, that sequence when they introduce the mosasaurus fantastic yeah, it's cool. And it's very SeaWorld, obviously, and it splashes yeah. everyone. And you're just yeah. like, this is, ha- that made me feel like this is how this park would actually be in real life.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And th- should we just talk about the final showdown?
1: Sure.
2: Yeah. Unless or you want to ha- talk I- about when uh, Bryce changes her outfit and it's like a whole <sighs> five minutes of her becoming less girly and more manly. <laughs> Which
1: is like, so not true because she like basically changes her shirt so that we can see her tank top. Yep. And then throughout their running, she gets this like sl- like slit up her skirt. Yep. And yeah. then furthermore, she just just in the tank top at some point. And oh, it's yeah. like less and less and less and less kind of. And, and her- yet
0: Chris Pratt, the male hero does not lose any clothing. He's just sweaty
1: no. like we expect him to be. Yeah. yeah. Um I had forgot to look it up, but she her outfit and her progression of her action outfit um kind of reminds me of king kong the the girl from king kong and i'm mm. curious if that has anything any inspiration i wonder yeah yeah and
2: my favorite was that. when her perfectly straight hair even though it's humid turns into the perfectly curled bob i know it's yep. nitpicky but i mean that's just not what you would look like
1: <laughs> no no not at all it's like not even really frizzy for like such a long time
2: yeah
0: well I- as you know, we have a, an unusually amount of hair talk on this podcast of which I usually do not notice or understand. So I'm glad that you're here to also provide that because I, my hair knowledge is nil. I mean, I shave every every couple of weeks cuz I'm balding. So
2: <laughs> you know. Well, straight hair and humidity, it wouldn't work no matter who you are. So that <laughs> yeah. was the that was the issue. <laughs> yeah pretty annoying what did you guys a, think vi- of the whole scene of uh when the military takes over finally and then we find out the dinosaur's a raptor like the big one
0: uh i do think this scene's pretty cool i like yeah. the security footage a lot yeah yeah um i kind of wish that the movie didn't tell us that it was genetically modified with other yeah anything until could guess. the scene yeah because it's like when it's revealed that it's a raptor, you're like, oh, OK, it's already has a bunch of other stuff. That's not weird. If, if you didn't know that, though, and it was like camouflage and you're like, why is this dinosaur camouflage? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. How come it did the thermal thing earlier in the movie? This is not adding up. And then they hear on the line like they put raptor in this and then they find out like they put cuttlefish they put and then it becomes more of an indictment of what they did. Whereas the, you already know all that stuff from the beginning, except for yeah. the yeah. raptor.
2: But It'd be more impactful. It's cool when they're the, when the dinosaurs start talking though, and then they all yeah. turn and look at them <gasps> like now they're the food. Like that was like, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that was I liked that scene.
0: And and this is my velociraptor uh attempt at that high of call. <gasps> <laughs> 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 pretty good.
2: That's pretty uh, that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank it, you. It was
2: sad. I liked that they kind of made us have an emotional attachment to the raptors, even though they were eating people. Cause like <laughs> yeah, 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 because when blue or whichever one got blown up and you can see like the sadness in Chris Pratt, and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. that was like his that was like his pet. But like yeah. they're evil, but it's not their fault that they're evil. They're just dinosaurs. <laughs> right. That's that's their DNA makeup. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I think basically We just have the final showdown now. And um, this sequence is, you know, in. it's just such a misunderstanding of what we love about, you know, the the first movie where it's like, okay, it's just what a lot of sequels do where they're like, we got to go bigger, we got to go better. So it's like huge fight, then more huge fight, then make the fight even bigger, then get the T-Rex from the first movie kind of illogically uh, and get it to fight And then make it get eaten by a Mosasaurus. And it's kind of like, yeah, but that's not why I like Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? Like, and there's only like one scene in that that really has that moment. And it's when the T-Rex attacks the Velociraptors at the end of Jurassic Park. The first movie.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Wait, the the Velociraptors. Oh, I was thinking of a pterodactyl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But whereas the rest of the movie is just like a lot of tension. You know, and and this movie lacks a lot of that for me, a lot of tension, and it it kind of replaces tension with action, Mm. and I I don't think that's the right route to go, Um, but then again, in the next movie, there's the kind of, like, haunted house thing where the dinosaurs are running around in the house, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) this is a little out of my depth. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I I know that the velociraptors go through changes from every movie because they can, but they feel smaller in this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I feel so. like in the in the first movie when like the kids are trying to get away from them, they're like massive.
0: Yeah. Well, I know throughout the movie we've <laughs> what's funny is throughout them making these movies, we've learned a lot more about dinosaurs and in particular Velociraptors. So every movie they try to make the Velociraptors more accurate to what they would look like. Yeah. Um, but I will never like them as much as I like them in the I first am so movie. I'm so
1: glad they took the things off their heads in this movie. Because in the third movie they had the like porcupine quills oh, or yeah. feathers on their yeah. head, and it's like yeah. I get it, maybe that's what they had. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of it.
0: Well, and, and it's also like I don't know. It's 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 such an easy explanation that oh well we modified them like that, and that's just what we did. In, yeah. Instead of like this is how they exactly looked, you know?
1: Yeah. It's uh, guys, it's fictional.
0: So <laughs> I guess to kind of sum up my thoughts on the movie, I think it's fun. Um, I do think that. Trevaro deserves a lot of credit for like a really ambitious attempt. I know he gets a yeah. lot of crap for this movie from like hardcore fans. I think it's it's probably my least favorite of the the four we've rewatched, but I think it's the first one where they really tried to do something outside of the box. And for that, I give it a little extra points. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I think if the characters were not one dimensional this might be my second favorite of the series, but I like, can't, I don't like any of the characters except for Jake Johnson and Lauren Lapkus. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I only like Lauren. I mean, Lauren Lapkus doesn't have much of an arc. She shouldn't. Um, but yeah. I mostly just like her because I'm a fan of she her. Is. Yeah. Um, but Jake Johnson is like my favorite character. Cause he's kind of kooky and yeah. says funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where I stand on the movie. Yeah. Uh, take over me Uh, anybody
1: oh i i yeah i mean i don't like hate this movie i don't love this movie this movie is a movie is kind of how i feel about it um i think it leaves a lot to it. it, there's a lot that i think should have been changed but at the same time i like i agree with you that i appreciate all of the the things that they tried doing in this movie especially with i think it was such the right call for this movie it's a park that is already working yeah rather than them trying to get one to work. Cause that's, that would just be repeating what's already been done. Right. So I, I really like it that premise of it.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think I, I mean, no matter what I enjoy these movies, even if I don't like the second one or the third one, I just enjoy them. Cause I just like yeah. these movies and You know, this was probably my ninth or 10th time watching it, (laughs) and so it was (laughs) kind of funny to, like, analyze it. I mean, visually, it was great, I think. You know, I think that they looked very real, and what they did was really cool. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I guess if you break it down, there were certain things that I, I wish they wouldn't have done. Like, I wish they wouldn't have killed... Ms. Ronnie or whatever his name was. I think they could have done more with him. I think they shouldn't have killed Vincent at the end because I think they could have continued that. Henry Wu could have had a way bigger character arc in it because they were getting to something so i think that they were relying again heavily on what we've already seen and then nostalgia which works for me as olivia but i could understand how if you've never seen it before you would be like great cool big movie big budget it should be cool kind of like how some of the avengers are like it should look good Mm -hmm. look how much money they Mm -hmm. had right you know (laughs) but i yeah, yeah the the dinosaurs
1: look so good in this movie especially the third one the third one, the dinosaurs, and that one looked so bad. Yeah, yeah. And they they looked so good in this movie.
0: Oh yeah, and yeah. and I I think in in a dream world, if if we have to have a unequivocally, it should just be one movie, Jurassic Park. But if we have to have more, I I do imagine a world where there's Jurassic Park. Then twenty years later, there's Jurassic World, and they clean up some of the side characters. Preferably get some new actors, some different actors. Definitely keep the, the helicopter pilot though. I forgot his name because he ruled. Um on. Uh yeah. <laughs> and 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 make it a little bit simpler of a story without some of those extra you know, we don't like the divorce thing is like, wait, that's introduced really late. The yeah. the you know, all the other stuff I mentioned. And I could see this being like a really, really good movie that would have satisfied a lot and then done. Yeah. But to make another trilogy is kind of weird to me. It's yeah. just, it's not a series that lends itself to sequels. And that's why we had to cover it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All in all, love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I hate there's There's issues. I mean, there's issues with it. And I, again, I think they come out a lot more in the second one, mostly because it just is lazy. I think they just are getting lazier because they want money. And that's just stupid to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But it does kind of work as its own like self fulfilling prophecy for the movies being made, you know, yeah, totally. where it's like we're gonna keep trying, we're gonna keep A trying. A lot of film
1: students have probably written essays on this franchise. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but, but um, yeah. So that's that's what we got. Uh, Olivia, do you have anything to plug?
2: Um. I mean, uh, the Salt and Pepper podcast, it's very different than this podcast. Um, We don't talk about (laughs) movies. Um, I do talk about your guys' podcast on there. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's about it. I have a million other things, but that's the only one that I should plug.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, And for us, um, patrons, this week we released uh, our episode on The Incredibles. Um, And that'll be this month's Patreon episode. And then last month, which would be July, last month, uh, recording these ahead, I get my dates confused, uh, I released a song exclusively on Patreon. So go to www.patreon.com slash Micah McCaw and go get all of your stuff.
2: Do it. I did it. Great choice. (laughs) It was a great decision.
0: We'll see you next week when we finish out. Do we announce what our
1: next series is in this episode or the next one?
0: Yes. Okay, yes. (gasps) Uh, Do I get to hear You'll yes. get to hear, uh, which funny enough, you already guessed it when we, you were messaging me on Instagram. But wow. um, so next week, we're going to finish up Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. No guests next week, just Jordan and I to summarize the whole series. And then unless we have a very special guest that comes through and we have to make some scheduling changes, which would be amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Our plan is to do Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the freaking Pooh.
2: That's such a drastic shift from where yeah. we're at right now. <laughs> we
1: thought, let's do an easy one, a breezy one. A fun one. A positive one.
0: Yeah. I think that this time in uh, history is very depressing, and I feel depressed, and I would love to hang out with a bear that just likes some freaking honey. And I think some tears will be shed. There are six movies. We are we are going by the... Um, they're on Dis- They're all on Disney Plus, except for Christopher Robin. But there is a list on Wikipedia that has all six, like technical movies. Cool. So that's what we're going to be covering next. It's going to be so great.
2: Great. Hey, that's I'm all. Very very <laughs> excited. Thank you yeah. so much for having me on, guys. This was so much fun. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you for being
0: on. We'll have yeah. you on again. Uh, I mean, national, definitely national when Jurassic. Treasure yes Nash, you got dibs on national treasure and whenever the third jurassic world comes out you'll have to okay. you know you will we'll have to have you on to and do all
2: nine as well. fast and furious movies i'm there that's true <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i forgot you're a big proponent of us covering us that series it's all
2: about family you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah uh we're so worried about that one but we'll get are. to it one of these days all right thanks for listening everybody Bye. bye
1: Ooh. Mm-hmm.